Good morning, Rock Hill. So glad to be here with you guys today. By the way, you guys look awesome in those new t-shirts. If you haven't picked one of those up, make sure you grab one on the way out. But it's good to be here with you guys this morning. It's great to be here at Rock Hills. And I can honestly say I am better by being here with you guys. You guys are some awesome people. I've got to know some of you better here just in this last week with different things that we've had going on. And uh, man, you guys are an awesome bunch of people. And I don't say that just to fluff you up, but uh, it has been really good getting to know you guys and uh, just connecting. And that's a little bit what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, But before we get too into it, I just want to give a little bit of honor where honor is due. We've got Super Dave Lance with us today, back down from Michigan. Good to have you here. We also have a new friend, Tom Smith, who's here from the uh, Reformed Church in America, all the way up from Iowa. So we're glad you're here as well. And I'd also just like to say every, every Sunday I'm seeing some new faces. So for any of you who are here, uh, you got tricked into coming uh, by a friend because we have really great coffee or uh, you just decided to uh, show up on your own, whatever reason brought you here, we are glad that you guys are here in this place. I don't think it's by an accident that any of one, one of you are here uh, because really I think that we are just better together. Uh, just like that song was humming right there. I think that some things in life really are just better together. See if you can help me out here. How about peanut butter and jelly? It's just better together. All right. How about some meat and potatoes? Man, the other night, I got to tell you, the guys night, we had ribs and it was unbelievable. Meat and potatoes just go better together. And I don't mean to torture you guys here on Sunday morning because your stomach's going to start growling, but here's one of my favorites right here, chips and queso. Can I have an amen on that one? I mean, straight down from heaven. I I think God sent an angel and said, you know, here's your queso. They just go better together. I mean, chips are good by themselves, and I, I wouldn't even put it past me just to grab a spoon and eat queso by itself. But together, they are even better. Some other things that I really like together, how about some fall and football? Now, sometimes when your team's not doing so good, it's hard to face, but fall and football go really good together. How about this one? Coffee and days that end with the letter Y. All right, so coffee in any day or the granddaddy of them all. How about this one? Help me out. Bacon and, no, bacon and anything. Bacon and anything. You can put it on anything and it is better. Some things in life are just better together, and really this is a biblical concept because when, when the, the Bible talks about us in the New Testament, the church, we talked about this a few weeks ago, church isn't the building, this building that we're meeting in today, or the building that we hope to own someday or be in. That's not what the church is. The church is us, and the church is better when it's together. That's why the Bible describes it as a body, and how many of you know your body is better when it's together, right? If you don't believe me, I've got some guys that haven't been coming to church for too long and they've got a meat cleaver in the back of their car and they can show you. No, the body is better when it's together. We as the body of Christ are better when we are together. So we started this brand new series called I Love 
Rock Hills. We had t-shirts out there for you. I encourage you, go take a picture too. Put it up on your social media. Helps us to spread the word. So we'd love for you to do that. We've also got some stickers for you today. Some I Love Rock Hill stickers. And uh, we encourage you, pick up a sheet of these. Pass them around, whatever you want to do. Just don't stick them on anything in the school, please. Because then I will literally get called into the principal's office. All right? So uh, take those, enjoy them, and show your love for Rock Hills. Uh, you can even tell people you voted. I don't care what you do. Just stick it on something, all right? Besides something here in the school. We're better when we're together. At Rock Hills, we believe that this church is better because you are a part of it. So I don't know. All of you have a different story. All of you have a different background. But that's perfect. Because when we come together, it makes us all better. We don't want to just be a gathering here of familiar strangers, But we want to be a community of friendships that thrive. Now, we've all probably been in that place where it's just familiar strangers, right? I recognize that guy. I know his name, whatever it may be. But really, we're strangers. There's no connection. We want Rock Hills to be a lot more than that. So as we continue this series, I Love Rock Hills, we want to talk about who our church is and why we would love for you to be an essential part of it and where we're going as we continue to move forward in the future. We want to be a gathering of friendships that thrive and not just familiar strangers. Now, some of you may be thinking, but I'm an introvert, all right? And I got to be honest with you guys, I'm introverted by nature too. And you can say, well, how does that work? You got a microphone plastered to your head and you're in front of people. I can handle this pretty easy. But if I have to intermingle with people, it's a little more difficult for me because I naturally, you know, some of you thrive on that crowd of people. I love a crowd of people at church, but beyond that, I'm fine just hanging out by myself. And some of you are probably that way too. So whether you're an introvert and you like being by yourself, it's totally fine. Or you're an extrovert and you would prefer to be at the party 24 seven, wherever you are, we all need people that we can be connected to. And the great thing is this church has introverts and extroverts that are connecting in those thriving friendships. Here's why this is so important today. Because in the Bible, from the beginning to the end, and we're going to look at this here in just a little bit, God is about relationship. And he is about connection. It's his story from the beginning to end about him connecting with us and us connecting with one another. In the New Testament alone, there are 59 verses, which I'm not going to read them all here to you today, but there's 59 verses that I call the one another's. Serve one another, love one another, help one another. All these one another's where there's this theme in the Bible that says we are supposed to be together and we're supposed to make one another more like Christ. We're supposed to make one another better. So the reason why this is so important today is that right now, we, and when I say we, I don't just mean some of the leadership team. I mean, we, we are writing the next chapter of Rock Hills Church right now. And again, it's not the building that we're meeting in, but it's the people that we are. The way that you and I interact with others will determine the legacy of our church. Now, I know that's a big statement, but the way that we love one another and serve one another and help one another is going to determine where this church is tomorrow and next year and the year after that and the year after that. The way we connect with one another will determine the legacy of our church. It's going to make it stick. That's why you've got stickers today. Because when we connect with one another, 
it makes what God is doing in your hearts here stick. Because how many of you have been in a service and you think, oh, okay, I kind of got something out of that. That helped me. But then you can leave and then by the next week or the next month or whatever, I was just a sermon that you heard a few weeks ago and it didn't really stick. But when we're connected in a relationship, it brings what God is doing on the inside of us individually to life. And we help one another grow in authentic relationships. Now, this isn't always easy because we live in a world that's full of shallow friendships. And I'm as guilty of this as anybody. Uh, hey, dude, what's up? Because I don't remember your name, so I'm just going to call you dude. You know, And, and we have these relationships that are, are just on the surface. Uh, and we've got this great thing, and it really is a great thing, social media. And we can be connected to a lot of people But the truth is, we're not really connected to a lot of people. We're only maybe connected to a few people in our lives. And social media, even though it's awesome, what does it do? It shows our highlight reel, right? Oh, hold on. Let me take a picture. You know? It shows our highlight reel of what we ate for lunch and how cool our kids are and where we're going on vacation. And it gives this surface image that we like. You know, you take... 20 pictures, ladies, before you finally get the right one, right, that you're going to stick up there. Some of you guys are guilty too. You know, you got to get just the right picture, and we have this surface image that says this is who we are, but really there's a lot more down on the inside of us. And sometimes we, we, it's not that easy to let people down to those deeper levels uh, because we just have this highlight reel. But the truth is, we need to connect, And the truth is, sometimes we can be surrounded by people at work, in our neighborhoods, on social media, and inside we can still be alone. And we can still feel hopeless and helpless. Because the truth is, we all have hurts, we all have stress, we all have issues that we're dealing with and habits that we have to to overcome. And the truth is, we can look really good on the outside, but on the inside, We can be depressed, we can be sick, we can be infected, we can be unhealthy. Here's my desire, what I want to see happen here at Rock Hills Church, uh, and what we want to have happen as a church, is that this church would be a healthy, healthy place. A place where it's more than just what's on the outside, or more than just words that are spoken, or songs that you get to sing along with, but this would be a place where God could truly work on all of us from the inside out. That's even more important than the number of people that we have here. The number is important because it helps us to reach people. It shows that we're reaching more people. And when things are healthy, healthy things grow. Not just in numbers, but also in maturity. They grow in our love for one another. They grow in the way we serve one another. We want to be a healthy church that is thriving and growing. We believe that when you are connected you are putting yourself in a great environment for your life to be thriving and growing because you are putting yourself in a place of health. Real growth happens and life change happens best when we are in the context of authentic relationships. People who truly encourage us and point us towards God and build us up. Our relationship with God and our relationship with each other will determine how the future of our church looks. Our prayer is that this church is going to be filled with people that just like we talked about last week, come 
as they are. Not if they are, but as they are. So whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, we say you are welcome in this place. You can come just as you are. But we don't want you to just come here and leave. Our prayer for you is that you will come here and you will connect with other people who have faced some of the same battles that you've been through, with other people who can encourage you and lift you up. So we encourage you to come as you are and live connected, connected lives. That's what we're going to take a look at today. And today we're going to take a look at scripture, but we're really, I'm I'm going to be hitting just scriptures here and there rather than just taking one big chunk. And the reason of that is, is because relationship and connection, like I said earlier, is from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. We see it played out all through God's story. So check this out. God's purpose for our lives. He has a purpose because we were created to live connected lives. Genesis 2, we'll begin in verse 18. Then the Lord said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Then we'll skip on to verse 22. Then the Lord made a woman, and all the men said, Amen. Amen. The Lord made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, and I can relate to a brother there with the same name. Adam exclaimed, At last! This one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called, whoa, man. I I think the pronunciation is actually woman. But I think Adam, since I have the same name, I think I have a connection there. I think he said, whoa, man, right? Because she was taken from man. So from the very beginning, God says, it's not good for you to be alone. You need other people with you. And God began to build family and then he begins to build community. The Old Testament is the account of God's people living in community with each other. They're seeking after God. They get it wrong sometimes and they get it right sometimes. Just like real life today. We live in community with each other. Hopefully we're seeking after God. Sometimes we get it wrong And sometimes we get it right. But we continue to live in community. We continue to seek after God. Solomon, the Bible tells us, is the wisest man ever. And he writes in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I do encourage you uh, to read your Bible. Go back and check these scriptures. But I do want to warn you, if you have issues with depression, don't read Ecclesiastes with sharp objects close by, because the book is depressing, all right? The book is is Solomon going through and just basically saying, I've tried this, and it was worthless. I've tried this, and it was worthless. I've tried, does anything in life even matter? I mean, that's basically what he's going through, trying to find the meaning of life. So check this out, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 7. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without child or brother. Yet he works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. 
But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. God created our lives with purpose. And one of those main purposes in our lives is that we live within community, within authentic relationship with each other. As as he's looking for what really matters here in life, he's saying this, you can work hard all of your life and make all the money you want, but when it comes down to it, what really matters is who you're connected with in your life. Who do you have a real relationship with in your life? Jesus said this too. He makes this clear in Luke uh, chapter 10, verse 27. The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. We've got to love God, but we also need to love others. So Jesus is saying, here's the two most important things you need to do. If I want to boil it down to two things, here's what it is. You need to love God, and you need to love, have authentic relationship with other people. So we see God's purpose in relationships. We also see God's power in relationships. We can see God's power when we live lives that are connected. Here's the deal. Jesus knew that life change would happen best in the context of relationships. Smaller, more personal groups. Uh, Because I can sit here and talk to all of you, this is what Jesus did, right? He, w- he would travel along and people, crowds were following him like we talked about last week. But it doesn't mean he has a connection with them. He's just giving them truth. But he also displayed very prominently in his life, it's not just about me speaking to people. And he does miracles and he does miraculous things and he connects with people. But he says there needs to be an authentic relationship with people. Jesus speaks to these large groups But the majority of his time, he spends with 12 guys. It's his small group, his rock group, his disciples. He also has close friends like Mary and Martha and Lazarus, who he loves. So he spends the majority of his time connecting in authentic relationships with these few people. At the end of his life, We'll see at the end of the book of John, the last five chapters of the book of John really talk about the very end of Jesus' life and this conversation that he's having with these close friends. And we're going to take a look at this, but as he's having this conversation, he's going to reinforce with them some of the really important things in life. He knows that if he can pour into these 12 people, he can change the world. Now, from the very beginning, when Jesus showed up in a manger, right, he kind of missed some of the expectations of the the religious law and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. He missed what they were expecting. And I can't say I'm too far off from that because if Jesus showed up today, do you know what I hope that he would do? I hope that he would show up at the next presidential debate and say, listen, folks, you got to shut up. I'm about to tell you how it is. And that he would just set everything straight, right, on national TV. And, and that's what the Jewish people were hoping for when the Messiah came. He's going to have his whip and he's going to say, listen, this is how it is. And he's going to turn the world upside down like that. But that's not what Jesus does. What did Jesus do? He went and gathered 12 guys. Some of them were messed up. Tax collector was in the group. 
Some of them were really sharp guys. He, connect, he collected this small group, this rock group that he could pour his life into. And he knew that if he could pour his truth, his message, his power, his mission into these 12 guys, he could change the world through them. Because then they would pour it into somebody else who would pour it into somebody else who would pour it into somebody else. And this transformation would begin to take place from the inside out because it was through relationships. So here's Jesus with his disciples. He's gathered them together. We're in John chapter 13. And he does something that's a little bit uncomfortable and awkward as they're sitting together and having a meal. He gets up. He takes a towel. And he begins to wash their feet. Now, if, you've, if you're familiar with the Bible, you, you're probably familiar with this concept that Jesus did this. But this would be awkward today, right? I mean, if we say, hey, we're going we're gonna to finish this service. Everybody come up here, take off your shoes. And since Dave's back, we're going to have him wash your feet today, right? Uh, it would be awkward for us because you're thinking, I don't want you seeing my feet. Dave, you go back to Michigan, man. This is weird. Uh, it would be awkward for us. It was really awkward for them because they didn't have nice socks like these and shoes. They wore homemade sandals and they didn't have sidewalks and paved streets. They had dirt roads that had livestock traveling up and down them. So you can just imagine the disciples' feet, everybody's feet in that culture, they were nasty, right? These were some nasty nasty feet and here's Jesus he's taking a towel he's taking a bowl a wash basin of some sort and he's getting down on his knees and he's putting their feet in there and he is scrubbing their feet now this this did happen the lowest of the lowest servants did this right it was it was the freshman that they called upon to come in and do this of the servants because nobody wanted that job and here's Jesus putting himself in that spot, grabbing a towel, getting down to where he could see what was between the toes. And that is where unspeakable things existed, right? Between those toes of those disciples, he was getting close enough. So let's look at what happened in verse 6, chapter 13. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? This closeness was awkward and uncomfortable. And I do just want to say that I'm talking about connecting today. And I want to encourage you to get connected with people here at the church. And for some of you, that is awkward and uncomfortable. To, to connect with people that you don't know. Maybe to show up at their house and you don't know them. And what if they make me talk about feelings or something? You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It, it's awkward and uncomfortable. And that's, that's the situation that's happening here with Jesus and Peter. It's awkward and uncomfortable. And Jesus re responds to Peter. says, Jesus replied in verse 7, You don't understand what I'm doing, but someday you will. You will. Most of us don't realize the power that can happen when we really connect with other people. And it's easy just to go through day to day and just say hi to the people that we recognize and keep it just at a surface level because we don't realize how powerful it can be if somebody else knows what's between our toes. If somebody else knows what we're going through in life, metaphorically speaking, what's living and lurking down between these toes... 
Everybody doesn't need to know. You don't need to put it all up on Facebook, everything that you're going through. But you need to have somebody in your life that knows what's between those toes, knows how they can pray for you, knows how they can lift you up and support you. So Peter, still feeling a bit uncomfortable with this, he's going to say no. Verse 8, no, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. We need a place where we can have godly people in our lives that can get down between those toes. When we're having a hard time, when we're facing things in life, we need to have somebody to serve. Now, I will say that Peter and Jesus had been walking together for three years when they got to this point. So for some of you, it may just need to be a baby step today. I'll tell you, I went uh, this last week, I went to the guys movie group and it was so much fun. I had a great time. Some of you may not be at the place where you can say, hey, I want to go to a group where I'm going to talk about uh, my addiction that I'm facing. You may not be ready to do that yet, but you may be able to go to a group where you can meet some guys and watch a movie or have a cup of coffee, or go eat some ribs. Maybe you're at that place. Because if, if we were to meet you out on the curb and just say, come here, let's hug it out, bro. Let's hug it out. Let's hug for five minutes and let our feelings out. You would be out of here quicker than compliments in the presidential debate, right? I mean, just gone. But for some of you, some of you are in that place where you say, I, I need to tell somebody I'm struggling with stuff that I can't overcome on my own. So I don't know where you're at and how big of a step you're ready to take, but I do know that you all need to be connected with others. So Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Verse 12, after washing their feet, he put on the robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, You ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. We need somebody in our lives that knows what's between our toes, who's there to help us, who's there to pray for us, who's who's there uh, that we can call 24-7. But you know what else? You need to be that person to somebody else. To experience the fullness of what God wants for you and that purpose and that power, to see the power of community, you need to have that in your life and you need to be that for somebody else in their lives. As we do this for each other, here's some things that are going to naturally happen. Results of living a connected life. When we do that, we have somebody in our life who encourages us. So I've got a few verses that I'm going to pull out of the next five chapters here as Jesus continues this conversation uh, with the disciples. We have somebody that encourages us. John 14, uh, John 14, 14 verse, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and also in me. So Jesus is continuing this conversation and he begins to encourage them. Their whole world is about to fall apart. And Jesus says, no, don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. So he's building up their courage. When we're connected with other people, you've got somebody in your life that's going to encourage you. 
When you're facing a difficult situation with your kids, you're facing a difficult situation in school, you don't know how you're going to get through it. When you're connected, you've got somebody else that's going to say, you can do this. Even just this last week in our Next Steps class that happens right uh, after this service, uh, we had one of the people in that class say, you know what, a few years ago I was facing cancer and I came to this church and I was encouraged and I was helped along. And it is that courage, encouragement, that connection that helped move through that situation. So we have people that encourage us. We also have someone, we'll have someone who grows with me. John fifteen five. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. When you are connected, you are going to be able to accomplish more. You're going to be able to grow more. You're going to understand the Lord more. You're going to grow in your maturity and your love for one another. And Jesus says that happens because we're connected like a branch on a tree and it's fruit that occurs. But when you're disconnected, you've just removed yourself from being able to grow in that matter. So when we're connected with each other, we also have someone who protects me, someone who protects us. John 16, 1. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. We all hit a place in our lives where we just say, I cannot go back to work there tomorrow, or I'm not going to go back to that church, or I don't see how I'm going to make it in this marriage for one day longer. We've got people who encourage us, people who grow with us, and you've also got people who protect you and keep you from doing something stupid. How many of you are glad you got somebody in your life that has kept you from doing something stupid? I know I have, you know, uh, you probably shouldn't post that, you know, or, uh, you know, you, yeah, you probably shouldn't go have that conversation with that person. You know, we got people in our lives who protect us. Just this last week, I had one of you guys came up to me and said, Adam, I got your back. I'm praying for you, right? It's good to know that you got people in your life like that, that if you know you, you've got an issue, you've got somebody who protects you, which brings me to the next one. You've also got somebody who prays for you. John 17, uh, Jesus prays for them uh, in verse 9. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. Jesus is praying specifically here for his followers, for his disciples. And when you've got a connection in your life, you've got people who will be praying for you. And I don't know about you, but I've been through some hard times in life, and one of the most comforting things ever is just knowing that I've got people who are not just saying, oh God, bless, bless him, but people who are calling out my name and praying for the situation and circumstance that I'm praying, taking that to God, standing in agreement, and you need somebody like that in your life as well. We all need that in our lives. So when we're connected, we see God's purpose, we see God's power, and then lastly, we see God's potential. Remember I told you earlier, that as we live connected lives, we're writing the future of our church. This happened back in the book of Acts as well. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. So they're going to church together. They're eating lunch together. They're going out and having fun together. They're living connected lives. And to prayer as well. Verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. 
And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day, the Lord added to the fellowship of those who were being saved. So this is an incredible example of people living together in community and connection in authentic relationship. And what happens? We begin to see a healthy church grow. As we live as a healthy church in healthy relationships, connecting with one another, sometimes stepping out of our comfort zones so that we can do that, so that we can connect, so that we can be vulnerable at times to people and say, here's how I need you to pray for me. As we begin to do that, we begin to see the church grow. It thrived in this situation as they came together in community. We have the opportunity to do that as well. You've got, uh, we supplied it for you today. You can always go out to our connection desk out there and we would love to help you answer any questions you have about groups we have going on so that you can know how to connect. But in your bulletin today, you've got a sheet that says find a group. It's got all of our groups listed. It's also got different serving groups listed, different ways that you can get connected to other people. And maybe there's not one that fits your time schedule or your side of town. Maybe you need to start a group to help us to connect to more and more people and to help you connect as well. But I encourage you to pick that up. Take a look over it. Email one of these people. Contact us. We would love to help you get connected. We also have our Next Steps class that meets right after service every week uh, in room 20, right around the corner. And today we're talking specifically about groups, how you can get connected, and also about membership here at our church. If you missed the one last week, it's all right. You can hop in any of the four weeks that we have it going on. So we'd love to have you come over and join us if you want to. About 10 minutes after the service, uh, we're going to start the class over there, and you are more than welcome to join us. I believe that God's plan for every single one of us is that we live in connected lives. The more that we do that, the more you see God's grace and presence in your life personally. The more we do that as a church, the more we see God's health and growth begin to work from the inside out of our church. We grow in numbers. We grow in maturity. We grow in our compassion for others. We grow in our love for others as we connect with one another. Would you pray with me today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity today. Lord, to allow you to challenge us. Lord, for those of us that know we need to connect with others, I pray that your Holy Spirit would challenge us to do that in a greater way. Father, for those of us who uh, possibly need to get connected so that we can overcome some of the things that we're facing in life, I pray that you would give us the courage to do that as well. Lord, for those of us here today that are lonely and hurting on the inside and just don't have the courage to, to step out and ask, I pray that you would give us the courage. Lord, I pray that you'd give us all discernment and wisdom to know how we can connect with one another, to know how we can connect with our neighbors and our co-workers and our family. Lord, that we, as you mentioned, as you wash the disciples' feet, Lord, that we would in turn turn around and do for others what you have done for us that we would be the grace and connection 
to others' lives just like you have been to us. Lord, there may be some of us here today that even as we need that connection with others, we need that connection with you. If you're here today and you just need to say, God, I need to get my life right with you. I need to connect with you again, or maybe I need to connect with you for the first time. I encourage you, just take a moment now and ask God in your own words and in your heart just to say, God, I'm yours. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for paying the price for me. I want to be connected to you. And ask God too, God, send me the right people in my life that I can be connected to, not only that they would help me, but also that I could help others. Thank you so much for being here today. Let's be the church.